mask off. There we go. Five, four, three, two, one, and we're alive. Um, good morning, House of Destiny. To those that are here in the present and those that are listening online, uh, welcome to our service today. Um, we got a good word for you today. Um, a challenging word. Had to dig deep on this one, but nevertheless, got to do what the Lord says. But as we get into this message, let me ask you a couple questions, and then we're going to get into our topic for today. Do you think celebrating and encouraging homosexuality is a sign of a nation that has forgotten God? Do you think that a nation with leaders that support and promote abortion is a nation that has forgotten God? Do you think a nation that terrorizes the rest of the world with its military might and destroy other nations for resources, is that a nation that has forgotten God? Do you think that a nation that has removed the Ten Commandments from courthouses and prayers from classrooms, is that a nation that has forgotten God? For God said in his word in Psalms 9 and 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell. And all nations that forget their God. Let's go before the Most High in prayer. The grace of heaven and Father, we come before thee as humble as we know how. We thank you for this hour. We thank you for this word. And God, I cannot do nothing in my own might and in my own strength. And I pray that your blessed Holy Spirit, the Ruach Hokadesh, the set apart spirit, will rest, rule, and abide in me and allow this word to come forth with power and demonstration. We give you glory. We give you thanks. Thank you for the heroes of this word. May it bring a challenge and bring forth fruit in their lives. We give you glory. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. All right. The topic of my uh, message today is come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. Our main text that we're going to be coming from is the book of Revelations, the book of Revealing. And we're going to be coming out of um, chapter 18 to start with. Revelations chapter 18. We're going to begin with verses one through four. If you go ahead and um, put that on the screen for me, please. You have to say amen. And it begins. After these things, I saw another angel. Angel means messenger coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried out with a mighty voice. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunken the wine of her, of the passions of her immorality and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and her plagues. All right, we're going to stop right there. A couple things that I found in this verse, um, verses that I want to go over. First of all, we're talking about Babylon the Great. All right, Babylon the Great is also referred to in the Bible's mystery Babylon. It's the city that's going to have, that's already been ordained to be destroyed in the last days. All right. When you read the book of Revelation, everything in the book of Revelations is pertaining to future events. And if you go read the prophets of the old, it, when they refer to in that day, they're talking about that time in which Revelations is covering. 
That's why it specifically says in that day. It's not talking about the time in which the word came forth in the Old Testament. It's talking about a future revelation that's to come. All right. But understand about Babylon real quick is that Babylon become a habitation of devils. It became a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And it says that all nations, whether you want to look at it from countries, if you want to talk about nations, the word nations in Greek and Hebrew also refer to races. So think about that. All races have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornications. And they talk about how the merchants of the earth have became rich through her delicacy. And the Bible specifically says to come out of her. To come out of her don't definitely mean they got a doctrine out here, a flea doctrine means we got to get out of Babylon. And a lot of people like to equate the United States as a representative in the last days of Babylon. But it says to get out of her or to, or to come out of her. That not only means some people think, take that and, and make it means physical, but it means spiritually. You got to detach yourself. You know, one of the greatest things that happened throughout this whole pandemic was, was that we was able to detach ourselves from our constant, constant hustle and bustle. Working the nine to five, come home, enjoy two days off, back on the job, the grind. We was able to disconnect ourselves from the grind. You understand? So what people thought was a bad thing for the children of God, it was a good thing. Cause not only did it give us a chance to rest, but it gave us a chance to disconnect ourselves from this Babylonian system. That's not only here in America, but this Babylonian system is worldwide. And we're going to get into it. So God said that he was going to reveal his mysteries by the sounding of the seventh trump. All the mysteries of God was going to be revealed as given unto the prophets. So let's go and find another text. When you study the Bible, if you want revelatory knowledge, not just this surface teaching, you have to do, align God's word precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little, if you want to go deep in your relationship with God. Now, if you just want to be a little stuck on milk Christian, then, then have at it. But for me, the, my walk in this earth determines my salvation and where I spend eternity. And that's too much of a price to put in man's hand when Jesus Christ, through his blood, gave us access to the throne of grace for ourselves. So let's go and find a prophet that's speaking the same thing. Because the Bible bears witness to itself. That's why the Bible has testaments. Testaments means testimony. Testimony means witness. What you hear in the old, you're going to hear repeated again in the new. What you hear in the new, you're going to hear specified in the old. Everybody with me? All right, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. If you'll pull that up on the screen for me, please. <clears throat> book of Jeremiah, chapter 51, and we're going to be reading verses 5 through 9. Jeremiah 51, verses 5 through 9. <laughs> This is the reason why I love God. Because see, when God disconnected me from church system and had me learning this word on my own, that's when the Bible came to life to me. You understand? That's when I began to get fed and everything in the script started making sense because I found out who Israel was. Once you find out who Israel was, you can't go back to believing lies and the doctrine of men. Let's read Jeremiah 51. Verses 5 through 9. And it reads, For Israel, that's y'all, Israel, even believers, mm-hmm, grafted in through faith. For Israel has not been forsaken, nor Judah, mm-hmm, you Hebrews in America, of his God, of the Lord of hosts, through their land was filled 
with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Listen to what God had to say. This is a prophet quoting the same thing that we just read about in the New Testament. Flee out of the midst of who? Babylon. Deliver every man his what? Be not cut off in her what? Her sins. For this is the time of whose vengeance? The Lord's. This judgment that you're seeing taking place in America and around the world is part of the vengeance. Mm-hmm. He will winter unto her a what? Recompense. Meaning I'm going to repay her for her deeds that she done done. <laughs> Babylon had been a what? Golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Did we not just read that? Therefore, the nations are what? Mad. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain. For if so be, she may be healed. She would have been. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her. And let us go, everyone, into his own country. For her judgment reaches unto the heaven and is lifted up even unto the skies. So what we got going on here. First of all, God opened up his statement by saying that Israel and Judah, that's the whole nation of Israel, was split into two kingdoms after the death of Solomon. They became Israel and Judah, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. All right. So it says Israel nor Judah has been forsaken by Yah. All right. And then he tells us to flee from Babylon. Babylon means confusion. Be not cut off in her iniquities. Don't be partaking of what you see going on in this society. Don't be partakers in the sins of the society that's around us. We're supposed to be pilgrims living in this land. You know what I mean? This is not our final destination. If you are a born again believer. If you believe in Hamashiach. This is not your end. This is not your resting place. All right? God said that this is the time of his vengeance. And the Lord will render her recompense. To this nation. Now, when we read this, we automatically think, well, we're talking about Babylon or old. But guess what? The Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Right? So if it happened in the past, history always repeating a cycle. A 360. Everything that was shall be again. You understand? So we're living this journey again. Same as our forefathers did back, if you want to call it, the Old Testament days. All right, but then it also said that Babylon was a golden cup to the Most High. Let's look at this Babylon, for example. Let's bring this closer to home. Let's look at the Babylon system set up here in the nation we live in. This is one of the nations that have some of the, one of the most churches in the whole world, right? Can we all agree with that? You go around any city, look at any corner, you got a new church. It, you can count. It, you probably got 20 churches in less than a quarter mile radius. Or a mile radius in some parts of this country. Babylon, the U.S. also have the most colleges and Christian schools in the world. Has the most theologian seminaries in the world. This nation prides itself on its evangelical outreaches. Alright? And also, if you look at it from a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Communication standpoint. We probably got one of the biggest Christian Radio and TV broadcast in the whole world. So if we got all of that going on, and that helps make up the society of this system, then why is the system damaged? 
Why is the sin the way it is in this country? Let us keep going. Because what we're going to find out that this once proud Christian nation has become one of lawlessness, one of rebellionness, rebellionness. In the book of Samuel, chapter 15, verse 23, it said that rebellion was the same as the sin of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Saying something right there. We start looking at the nation's leaders. Some of them operate in the occult. We got witches and warlocks that sitting in powers of office in Congress and in governments all over this country. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up. And also, we have become permissive, a nation of permissiveness. Things that we wouldn't allow to happen in our society that we turned and frowned upon 40 years ago, we smile and we embrace it now because we are, we are conformers. We have conformed ourselves to the identity of this world. All right? So let's deal with this. It said in... Um, Let's go back to our original text, Revelation chapter 5. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Revelation chapter 18, verse 5. If you put that on the screen for me, please, sir. Revelation 18 and verse 5, and it reads, still talking about Babylon. Her sins have piled as high as the heavens. Didn't we just read that in Jeremiah? And God had remembered her for iniquities. It says to pay her back. Didn't God say in Jeremiah, bring recompense? Pay her back even as she paid and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the cup which she has mixed, mixed twice as much for her. That means double her punishment. To the degree she glorified herself and lived sensuously. To the same degree, give her torment and mourning. For she has said in her heart, Listen to this. I sit as a queen. I am not a widow. And will never see mourning. When you go to New York City, what you see up there in that arbor, holding up that lamp? Statue of Liberty, right? Representation of the occult, queen of heaven. Mm -hmm. Because everything about this society is based on Grecian and Babylonian and Egyptian um, Fort Lou, if you want to call it that. But it's not Fort Lou. Lord. I see it as a queen. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says in Revelation 18, 5 through 7, that her sins have reached up to heaven. Let's talk about these sins. I asked y'all a few questions at the beginning of the sermon about a nation that turned against God. Let's look at, and I did some real thorough research. I had to stretch on this one, y'all. Had to stretch on this one. First of all, let's look at some of the sins of this nation. Look at the first one. First sin. Number one, God gave man a command in the garden. He told him to be fruitful and to multiply. All right? He never told you to kill your seed. But we promote abortion. And many of us and around the nation have elected leaders that believe in this one principle. That's passing laws right now to try to approve abortion. You understand? But you understand, when you, that, that word abortion came from a place. So I have, in my research, I had to go back and find out where did abortion start at? Where did Planned Parenthood start at? And what you're going to find from research is you got to go deeper. And when you go deeper in the biblical text, when you start looking at the books that's talked about in the Bible that you don't even see in the Bible, like the book of Jasher, like the book of Jubilees, like the book of Enosh, you're going to find out some mysteries. So let's deal with this abortion. The first one I want to tell you about, 
birth control, Planned Parenthood. Where did that start at? It started in the Genesis, Genesis 6. It was part of this forbidden knowledge that God had never tended for man to understand. Matter of fact, in the book of Jasher, or people call Yasher in the Hebrew, I'm going to read this text. I can't show it on the screen. This is where your eugenics program began. The same eugenics program that they've been plaguing on the black community for, 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 for decades. Eugenics. Let me show you where it began. Book of Joshua 2 and 19 through 22 said, For in those days the Son of Man began to trespass against God and to trespass the commandments which he, he had commanded to Adam to be fruitful and multiply in the earth. And listen to this. And some of the sons of men caused their wives to drink a drought that will render them barren. Birth control. In order that they might retain their figures and whereby their beautiful appearance may not fade. This is fallen angel science that was taught to man. Let me keep going. And when the sons of men called some of their wives to drink, Zillah drunk with them. And the childbearing women appeared to their husbands to be abominable in the sight of their husbands. As widows, will as their husband lives, for to the barren ones only were they attached. So because of this fallen angel science that was given unto man, men start because they women were beautiful. Now these got to be some pretty fine sisters back in the days. Because you know the Bible's a black book, but I'll leave it at that. This had to be some pretty fine women that their beauty enticed the watchers over heaven to come down and sleep with them, as it says in Genesis 6. When the sons of God came down and messed around with the daughters of men and they produced Nephilim in the earth. Mm-hmm. So the men start hating the women that brought forth the children. And they had them start drinking these potions that would render them barren. Meaning they couldn't reproduce. They couldn't keep the commandment God gave them of being fruitful and multiplying. Is that not going on in our society now? Let me go a little deeper. Abortions. Oh, women rights. Women deserve rights and all that stuff. I believe in that, depending on the, super, on, on the circumstance. But let me show you where abortions begin. To find out abortions, you got to go to the book of Enos. And in book of Enos, chapter 69, verse 12, let me, let me read this for you where all this stuff coming from. Because, see, we didn't do research. The Bible tells ourselves to study and show ourselves approved. We fall and we align ourselves with wickedness unknowingly. That's how Balaam and Balak was able to trick the children of Israel to commit spiritual fornication when he wanted them cursed. All right? So let's see where abortions come from. And the fifth fallen angel, this coming from the book of Enoch, the fifth fallen angel, which name was Kasdaja. Kasdaja. This is he who showed the children of men all the wicked smitings of spirits and demons. And the smitings of the embryo in the womb that it may pass away. And the smitings of the soul, the bites of the serpents, and the smitings which befell through the noontime heat. So we learn abortion from a fallen angel, according to this text. And we're still practicing stuff that these angels was condemned unto judgment for. You understand? But then us Christians, instead of us 
being watchmen instead of sounding the alarm on this nonsense, we sit here and go along with it. Why? Because we worried about getting a kickback. Who's going to give us the biggest stimulus check? That's who we're going to vote for. Who are we going to support? We don't line up with who lines up with the word of truth. We just fall after any doctrine of man. And you can't fall after wickedness and try to put God's name on it. Abortion is murder. The sixth commandment tells us not to commit, thou shalt not kill. The shedding of innocent blood pollutes the land. I didn't say that. God said that in Psalms 106, verse 38. The hands that shed innocent blood is an abomination to God. Vernon didn't say that. Proverbs 6 and 17 said that. Murderers and the abominable shall inherit, shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but will have a place in the lake of fire for eternity. Vernon didn't say that. Revelation 21 and 8 said that. So who are we following? Sins have reached into heaven. We live in an unfair judicial system that when they started trading prisons on the stock market, that's when you start having the prison industrial complex where they put charges on people to go to jail just so they can get slave labor out of them. That's what they do in this country. Human trafficking, a big issue. And a lot of it was being exposed while we were sitting on our couches at doing this lockdown, period. Some of your nation's elites in Hollywood and in government got their hands caught up in stuff like Pizzagate. Child sacrifice. Eating children's blood. Drinking it. To get a, to get a thing called adrenochrome out of it. To help purify their bodies so they can stay youthful. Y'all didn't hear about that, huh? Why? Because our preachers ain't preaching truth. Tell it what it is. Another thing, reason why her sin is reaching in heaven. Because she enslaved the children of Israel. Yeah, I said it. Back in 2018, they passed a bill. And everybody called this guy a racist, Donald Trump. But Trump signed off on this bill. It was H.R. Bill 1242. And it recognized 400 years of African Americans' history and contribution to the United States. Follow me. Follow me. History already repeats itself. How many years were children of Israel in Egypt? America, Babylon is a modern form of Egypt. Why? Because we served slavery. We was in captivity over here. 400 years ended. In, 20, in 2019, 400 years ended. Then all of a sudden, we get hit with a global pandemic. Why? God said, I was sharing with my wife in the book of Jubilees, when Moses went up to get the commandments from God, Israel has already came over the Red Sea. Alright? But God told Moses what was going to happen to them later on in history, how they was going to be scattered into the Gentiles nations. Well, the sons of Gentile came from, the, from Japheth. And when Jerusalem was conquered in 70 AD, that's how, what happened to the children of Israel. They got scattered into all the Gentile nations. Huh? Why is this is important? If the devil ever came up with a plan to destroy the, the seas of Israel, to keep the 144 from coming to light, what we call the 
witnesses, or what we call the chosen ones, the 144,000 spoken of revelations, then he had to devise a scheme that was going to affect the whole world. Because not only is Israel in the United States, they're in Germany, they're in Great Britain, they're in France, they're in Spain, they're in the islands, they're in Haiti, they are in, um, they still in, um, portion of them in Africa. So if he had to design a plan that was going to eradicate the seed of Israel, it had to be global. It wasn't going to be in no one set place where he'd have free reign to take them out. That's what we're dealing with right now. But we want to come play church. We want to come play with God. We want to go through regular routines of coming. And the Bible said, now I get and get understanding. Yeah, I'm going to bring it out. What's so significant about that 400 years? Hmm? The book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 13 through 14. It said, when God was having this conversation with Abraham, by this people going to go into a nation, they're going to serve for 400 years. God said this one thing. He said, that nation that they shall serve as slave, he said, that nation I shall judge. So not only did he judge that Egypt, he's going to judge this Egypt over here. That's why you see all the fighting and bickering and stuff going on. That's why you got all these people talking about civil wars and all this other stuff. That's why you got these Gentiles fighting Gentiles. This is not our battle. What's taking place in Congress is not our battle. You understand? All we're supposed to do is sit on the wayside, let these heathens fight themselves out, and when they're done, what's going to be left is their spoils, and that's what we're going to come out with. But God's going to raise his spirit up inside of that valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37. And then once that light hit us, and we get converted in spirit, now we're able to go teach the gospel. This gospel of the kingdom, not Christianity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go to Revelations um, 13 and 1. Pull this up on the screen for me, please. Revelations 13 and 1. This ain't no good message if you came to get your flesh tickled today. This is a message if you came to be challenged to change your life. This what this what this, this kind of message is. We're living in perilous times, and this thing is only gonna get deeper. If we are, as we say in the end days and the calamities and the tribulation that's gonna come, if we are feeling the birth pains in this nation here and around the globe, then it's only gonna get worse. Revelation 13 and 1. I just want to read verse 1 right quick. And it said, And the dragon stood on the sands of the seashore. And then I saw a beast coming out of the sea. Coming out of the sea means coming out from amongst the peoples. Okay? Coming out from amongst the peoples. And it had ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were ten crowns. And on his heads were blasphemous names. How many of y'all know that y'all y'all saw that word crown, right? Do y'all know that, that excuse me. Do y'all know another word in the Greek for um crown is corona? Did y'all know that? The book of Daniel prophesies about this same beast that was gonna come into the earth in the last day. And beasts can represent men, but beasts also represent empires of men, or what we call governmental Structures. Okay? Alright? So, I told you that it said it came out of the waters, right? From the sea. 
Let me read. Um, Revelation 17, verses 3 and 15. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Um, it says that these, talking about the same beast, have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. And he says thus unto me, this verse 15, just going back to that C. This is me, precept upon precept, proving what this C represents. The waters which thou sawest, where the whore cities are peoples, multitudes, nations, or races, and tongues. This is making sense to y'all. All right, so let's go back to Revelation 13. Let's skip down to verse 7. Talking about this beast, this government system of man that was going to come upon the face of the earth. And we're entering into this time. And I'm going to go over why, why we're entering into this time. All right, Revelation 13 and 7. You pull that up for me, please. The same beast, it said it was given unto him to make war with the who? Saints. Because they had the testimony of Jesus Christ and those that keeps the commandments of God. That's the definition of the word saint according to the Bible. And to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Babylon is a melting pot. Within its borders, you have all the races of the earth living amongst each other. Also amongst Babylon's borders, you have all the 12 tribes of Israel living amongst each other, not knowing who they are. All of them in the same place. But what do it mean by Shall make war with the saints to overcome them. The word overcome in the Greek means to conquer. To conquer means to subdue. So when we're talking about subduing somebody, we ain't talking about utterly destroying them physically. We're talking about destroying them spiritually. Let's look at the times we're living in now. We're coming up on the holiday season. Christmas around the corner. This is one of the most depressing times of the year. Because Babylon, through its media, has convinced us if you ain't got this kind of car, if you ain't got this kind of house, if you ain't got these certain material possessions, then you're not blessed. All right? So the reason why he's making war against us, because most Christians, I ain't talking about non-believers, the heathens, I ain't talking about them, but most Christians are living defeated lives. They don't have no joy. They don't have no peace. They don't have no happiness. They don't have no true freedom. They're living in fear. Ain't we living in fear in this society? Black man, black, black sons, aren't we living in fear? Aren't we petrified every time we step outside of our door? No control of our addictions, impulses, or works of our flesh. We have no control. Alright? And it said that the beast was gonna make war with the saints. So let's look at it. What's gonna happen to this society over the last 40 years? Crime increased. Addictions increase, war. Abortion rates increase, premeditated murder, war. Single parent households have increased, war. Teenage suicide rates in this country increase, war. Pedophilia and child molestation has become a common trend in this society, war. Human trafficking, war. You got guns and weapon checkpoints in schools, war. You got violence and sexually explicit content on our televisions and our movies. War. Divorce rates has increased, especially amongst Christian households. 
prison system is one of the largest in the world. Y'all sitting here waiting for some dragon to come out the sky to attack you. You're being attacked every day and don't even know it. And the reason why all this stuff is able to happen because the church has lost its power. The Bible said in Matthew 24, verse 5, no, Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 through 5, it said, let no man deceive you. He said that many shall come in his name, claiming that he is the Christ. And he said, shall deceive many. Deception was going to come into this earth. Through what means? Those professing to be Christians. Let's look at it from in our country. My parents grew up in the 60s. What was happening in this country? Racism. And then we also had the KKK. Did we not know the KKK was a Christian organization? Look at the atrocities, atrocities they rendered in our society. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk on it. Let me keep going. The church has lost its power. Why? It was prophesied in the Bible it was going to happen. We care more about conforming to this world instead of being a light. You coming to church for an hour and a half on Sundays don't mean nothing when you can't walk the God's word and allow his word to live through you Sunday through um, Saturday. I mean, yeah, Monday through Saturday, you just come in the church house on Sunday. You try to be pious for an hour and a half and look holy. Having a form of godliness but no power. Defeated in your own personal walk. And he don't care. God don't care about your title. He don't care what you got in front of your name. Minister, bishop, deacon, apostle. God don't care about none of that. What your walk say? Church of no power. Let's talk on this real quick. Let's go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Pull it up on the screen for me, please. Again, this ain't no word to tickle your flesh today. But I hope it'll be one that they're going to challenge you. It's going to make you want to realize I need to change. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Talking about this falling away. This falling away was prophesied to happen in the church amongst believers. It wasn't going to happen to the world because the world don't profess Christ. So let's read what it says. Now we beseech ye, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. So this Thessalonian letter was written to the church in Thessalonia. You understand? So we're talking to other believers in the faith in this message. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come unless there be first a falling away, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of prediction. Listen to this carefully. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. What are we talking about? Understand, when it's talking about the man of lawlessness, it's talking about mankind. 
Not only just one personal being, you got to bring this word inside and internalize it because it's a spiritual word. He opposes and exalts himself above everything that is called God. He sets himself up in the temple of God as God. What are we talking about? We talk about the temple of God. When you're born again and you become a born again believer, you become the temple of God. That word temple of God represents the human body. In the Greek, it's called naos. Naos, your inner sanctuary. All right? It represents the regenerated body of man, the spirit-filled man. Now, how does that affect us in our modern day? Let's talk on it. Number one, Satan is not the most high Yahuwah. Let's understand that. He's not God. All right? He's not omnipresent. So when you become born again, you become a born again believer, there's an exchange that takes place. You give up your will and you take on the will of God and God imparts into you his Holy Spirit, his Ruach Hokadesh, his set apart spirit. That's your seal until the judgment. You understand that? Satan can't do that. So what Satan does, Satan wants to find a way to enter into the temple of God. He wants to find a way to get into you. And he's finding a way. We at that time right now. Ain't they trying to roll out all these different vaccines? See, Satan ain't got the power God has. So what he got to rely on with his atheists and his scientists, he got to rely on, on <clears throat> he has to use science and technology to achieve his purpose for man. He's trying to get inside of your vessel so you can defile your temple. Once he get inside of your vessel and you defile your temple, you're cut off from being with God. That's the hour we're living in right now. What I mean by that, if Satan and his workers of iniquities or scientists can change man's DNA by 1%, then you are no longer made in the image and likeness of God, but you have become another creation made in the image and likeness of man. Dr. Manley spoke several weeks ago and he started talking about AI. And I shared with him, I said, boy, you open up a can of worms with that one. See, that's the whole connection that's going on here. I'm going to find a way to get myself inside of the temple of God because I want myself to be exalted in the temple of God. Didn't it just say that in the book of Second Thessalonians? So not only is this a spiritual word, but also we're going to connect it to the natural that's going on. Well, how is he going to do that? <laughs> Doing research again, right? Came across some information. One of the things that they're trying to use in some of these vaccinations is, uh, what's the name? Enzyme called Lucifer A's. Look that up. Lucifer A's is one of the enzymes that they're trying to include in these vaccines, the wicked vaccines. Now, let me give you this disclaimer. I'm not foolish enough to stand up here and tell you not to take the vaccines. You pray and ask God to deliver, to lead you in which direction to go. Y'all understand that? But I do know, being able to see what's going on, that there's a cunningness that's taking place with this as well. You understand? So Lucifer is the agent that they're going to use besides some of these. That's why you got so many different vaccines on the market being rolled out. Now, let's use common sense here, people of God. If they had all this science in in a way and they never came up with a vaccination to cure the common cold or a vaccination to cure AIDS or to cure cancer, what makes you think, after all these years of research, what makes you think they got a vaccine that's going to cure a new disease 
and they only invented it within eight months. Use common sense. I'm not telling you which way to go, so don't say what Brother Vernon said. No, I want you to think intellectual. Don't be intellectually lazy when it comes to the things of God. All right? Know what you're falling for. These agents are designed to get into your body. Another thing that they found out about five, um, seven, eight years ago, they found the God gene. It's called the VMAT2 gene. Google it. VMAT2 gene. They found the God consciousness inside of our consciousness. They found a gene that supports your spirituality. And they're trying to come up with chemicals and ways to suppress that gene inside of your consciousness. So your consciousness becomes seared and you don't have no relationship with God. No spirit coming in, no spirit exiting out of you. This is what we're dealing with. This is what these workers of iniquity has been working on. And how are they going to bring about it? I'm going to crash everything. Y'all ever heard about the Great Reset? That's what we're entering into. They're going to destroy the monetary systems all around the world. They want you in poverty. They want you on the system. So they can mandate these vaccines. They can mandate all these other things that they want you to conform to. Church, the attack is you. Children of Israel, you Hebrews. Why you think they're pushing out an agenda where they're saying we need to vaccinate the blacks and Latinos? They need to get in the front of the line for these vaccines. This attack always been about Israel. When they fought a civil war in this nation, and you had two different sides fighting each other, what were they fighting over that we learned in school? Slaves fighting over you. Who going to control these people? And these people walking around can't get along with each other, not knowing who they are. Satan want to get inside of your temple so he can set himself up to be as God in the temple of God. And if you're a born-again believer, you are that temple of God. Whether you're an Israelite, whether you're Hebrew, or whether you're a Gentile saved by faith, you're the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says your body is the temple of God. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16 says you are the temple of the living God. But why the church is going to be in a fallen way condition? Christ said in Matthew 15, verse 8 through 9, that we're going to begin to fall after the commandments or the doctrine of men. What commandments or doctrine of men we've been following around? I got two of them listed in my notes. You got the doctrine of ist, I-S-T. What you mean by ist? Baptist, Methodist, Atheist, Satanist. Scientists, Adventists, so many is that we're falling in. Instead of staying close and connected to the word of God, we start falling after these traditions of men. Other type of um, doctrine of men we got. We got all these isms. These isms, it's like schisms in the body. Isms. Well, what kind of isms we got? Racism. Communism. Marxism. Catholicism. Capitalism. Socialism, and one of the ones that's being pushed right now in our society as we speak, liberalism. Liberalism is nothing new. It started in the garden with Eve. Eve was given a command just like Adam, but she didn't want to follow God's way. So when Satan starts speaking through that serpent, she wanted to be liberated from those law, statutes, and commands God gave. 
So she what she do? She unlocked her own will, her own reason within herself. She took the knowledge of <clears throat> the tree of knowledge. She took the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of knowledge. Through our own will and reasonings, we're disobedient to the commandment, statutes, and commands of Lord God, and we're not in agreement with the Ruach, which is the Holy Spirit. Verse, um, Book of James said in verses 1, 13 through 15, that we follow after our own lusts, and after our own lusts and desires are carried away, that's when sin will be conceived. And once sin begins to be conceived more rampantly in our lives, we're in a backslidden condition. And 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 2 said, our consciousness becomes seared. We don't have no relationship with God. No spirit. Valley of dread, dead bones, like they spoke about in the book of Ezekiel. Everybody with me? So let's see what's going on in our churches. Since our church is not holding up the lamp of God and condemning the madness that's going on in our society and in our world, let's see what's happening to the churches. Go with me to 2 Timothy, verses 3, chapter 3, excuse me, 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Y'all there? Let me see. I'm on my last page. I'm wrapping this thing up shortly. Bear with me. Because the reason why I want you to bear with me because we need to leave this place changed today. We need to stop playing with God. And when you start taking our covenant we made with him and a relationship that he established with us seriously. All right? So the reason why the church has lost its power and its leaders or in a messed up situation. That's why the, the government that's over them is operating in all types of madness. Is because we're not holding this lamp up, which is the word. You know what I'm saying? We're conforming. We care more about material things and us possessing it than we care about living the way God's word tells us to. So what's happening in our churches in Second Timothy? Verses 3. I mean, chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Notice also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. This is what we got in our churches. This is why we ain't got no power. For men shall be lover of who? Themselves. Covetous. Means they're going to be jealous of others and want what they have. Boastful and proud. That means they're going to take credit for God's work. Blasphemers. Children are going to be disobedient to parents. Ungrateful means you're going to be discontent with your life. You're going to want to live outside of your means instead of within the means God has prepared for you and your family. They're going to be unholy, meaning they're going to be immoral. Without natural affection, they're going to be unforgiving. You cross church believers these days, man, they hold grudges. Unforgiving, truth breakers instead of peacekeepers. Slanderous, gossiping. Bearing false witness to their neighbors. They're going to be without self-control. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors. Heady, which means stiff neck. Can't nobody tell them nothing. Self-righteous. You try to tell them about their sins, they, 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 they want to lash out at you. They can't heed and, and receive wise counsel. Knowing that they got to change. That's being heady. You stiff neck. High-minded. You judgmental. 
The reason why you can't win the world of Christ is because you judge none of the world. When you're supposed to be a light. Lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That's what our churches look like. If everybody be real with themselves, some of these things that was listed, you can see it in your own everyday life. That's why I say you got to get this thing right. What should a church be looking like? Go to me to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. I'm going to be closing this thing up in a few minutes. What should the church look like? What fruits should the church be demonstrating? And I ain't talking about no church out there. I see a whole bunch of churches that's supposed to be in here right now. What are you demonstrating? You the church? You the one Christ coming back without spot or wrinkle? We the church. And when I say you, I'm talking to myself too. This word hits the, um, this word challenges the person that's got to deliver it before it ever challenged the people that's hearing it. So you best believe I've been taking a butt cutting these last week and a half working on this. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. It describes the fruits of the Spirit. This is what we're supposed to be demonstrating in our churches. And these spirits are supposed to be in the church that when the world see us, they're supposed to be able to pick up on, man, these people are peculiar. These people are different. They got a light about them. They got a glow about them. There's something different about them. That's attracting me to them. But are we demonstrating these traits? Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23, the fruits of the Spirit. First fruit, joy. You got, um, excuse me. First fruit is love. Do you have love in your heart? Second one is joy. Do you have joy in your life? Third one is peace. Are you demonstrating a person that's in peace? Or are you always up and down and yo-yoing, in and out the fire? The next one is long-suffering. Are you patient with others? When you see others in a fallen condition, are you going back trying to heal them with meekness? Or are you being judgmental? And you want to cast a rock on somebody when they're in a fallen position, but then when you down on your face, and you falling, you want somebody to show mercy on you. Hypocrites. Gentleness. Are you demonstrating gentleness in your walk? Goodness. Are you demonstrating the spirit of good, um, fruits of the spirit? Are you rendering goodness around you? Faith. Are you operating in faith? Or are you only believing in God when things benefit you? And then when things don't benefit you, you murmuring. Meekness. Temperance. Are you exhibiting self-control? Or when somebody do something you don't like, you go off. Are you demonstrating temperance? The Bible said against such, there is no law. There is no law in the Bible that condemns these fruits of the Spirit. But there's many laws in the Bible that condemns Second Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. And I close up with this last script here. Christ is warning to the apostate church. You can come in here all you want to on Sundays.
You can play your games. You can pretend like you for God, but your life don't exemplify it. You're not judged on what you do inside of HOD or any other church you come to. You're judged how you do outside in society. You judge how you live in your own house. You judge how you treat others out here. We serve God through serving others. God don't come off his throne to bless you when you're in need. He touches the heart of another believer and that person comes and, and blesses you. So you serve God through service of humanity. You understand that? So again, you can keep, keep playing church. You ain't got to believe. I had to get on a co-worker the other day talking about they didn't believe a certain way. I said, listen, I don't care how you believe. The bottom line, God said only a remnant was going to hear the truth and walk through it. What do we mean by a biblical remnant? Let me give you an example. When Israel went into Egypt, they went into there when Joshua was second in command. They went into Egypt, a family of 70. When Joseph allowed all his other brothers to come, 70 people. After 430 years, they left there. It was recorded 650,000 men entered into the Red Sea. That's if, if, if half of them was married, that's a million. And if a half of them that was had children, then you're talking about almost 1.5 million. So a family of 70 turned into a nation of a million that entered into the Red Sea. But out of that first generation that entered into the Red Sea, only two of that generation made it into the promised land. Joshua, Caleb. That's what God means by a remnant. When he said only a remnant going to survive this, you do the numbers, two out of 1.5. That's God, what he, what he means by remnant. Some of y'all better wake up. I ain't talking about physically either. I mean spiritually as well. Matthew, and I'm closing, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. He said, many shall come saying that they cast out um, demons in his name, that they prophesied in his name. Three words that should scare everybody in here, including myself the most. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I know you not. Now you think about that. You go on to be with the Lord. Bible says after death comes the judgment. You go before the judgment because you was in church, because you served in the church, because you did different things in the church. You want to profess that you did those things. And then Christ look at you and say, depart from me. I know you not. That's the danger. So if y'all don't get nothing else from this message of the day, I hope that it challenges you and make you evaluate your own life and understand the seriousness as we venture further and further into Jacob's troubles, I hope it challenges you to understand you got to give account for yourself. Not mama, not daddy, not sons, not daughters, husband and wife. You got to give account for yourself and what you do. Everybody understand that. Come out of her, my people. Don't become partakers in her sins that you may not receive the judgment that's going to come upon her. That's my word for today. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Give God a hand clap of praise.